friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. When we enter any creative endeavor or any endeavor of the faith at all, we have to go in depending on the Lord's strength to get us through hardship and to know that in suffering that we can depend on Him and His strength, not on how strong or wonderful we can be because yeah. we're, we're not all of it. We're not all the things that God is, you know? And so I just think it's it's such a relief to go into any endeavor with the freedom to depend on the Lord in your weakness because you are going to disappoint yourself, but God is never going to disappoint you. Hey, everyone. Happy November. I'm loving the cooler weather, changing leaves, and hot tea, even though I totally drink hot tea year-round. If you're listening to this the day that it releases, today is election day. With all the tension and stress surrounding the events today, my prayer is that this podcast will be a source of encouragement and a reminder that our God is in control. I was reminded lately that we are a part of the kingdom of God, and whatever the situation around us, we have the opportunity to bring the light and hope of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We also have an incredible opportunity to pray for our nation and for our leaders. I would love to have you join me in prayer today. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you that you're in control of all things. We look to you for wisdom today and each day, and we thank you for the peace you give us that surpasses all understanding. We pray for all of our leaders. God, we ask that you would draw them to yourself and guide them to make decisions that honor you. Thank you for your mercies that are new every day. We continue to look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I received a message recently from one of my friends who is listening, and I was so encouraged to hear how God is working. wanted to share her story with you today. She says, Rachel, I've been listening to your podcast, and it's so, so good. I know Darrell and Cheryl both mentioned going to counseling when they transitioned out of full-time dancing, and it was so good to hear and be encouraged that I'm not alone. I've been going through a challenging season of grief and doubt, And again, it's good to know that I'm not alone. I even started going to counseling myself, and it's been so good for me. Thank you for your interviews. Keep doing what you're doing. I hope that that encourages you as much as it does me, and just know that you also are not alone. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe on your podcast app. It would also be amazing if you would tell a friend about the show. Get ready to be encouraged through this conversation with Lindsay Carlson. Lindsay is a pastor's wife, a mother of five, and an author. She published her first book, Growing in Godliness, A Teen Girl's Guide to Maturing in Christ, with Crossway in 2019, and is currently writing a book on biblical encouragement for women with an expected release in 2022. Lindsay shares about her early pursuits in the arts and how that led her into a love for communications. After starting a family, Her path shifted towards motherhood and dabbling in multiple areas of the arts. After attending a women's conference where they shared about speaking and writing, Lindsay's eyes were opened to the opportunity of writing as a way to serve God. During this time, Lindsay and her husband Kyle moved from Houston, Texas to Baltimore, Maryland to plant Imprint Community Church. We chat about her passion for writing and how it developed from blog posts to writing articles for contributor sites like the Gospel Coalition and Desiring God. From there, she began to pursue publishing a book. 
She describes how writing is a long-haul thing and how valuable community is in the process. We talk about the challenges of publishing, including the trap of comparison and the reality of rejection. We also chat about the joys and the journey. You guys are going to be able to hear and feel Lindsay's heart for teaching the Bible and discipling women through her writing and public speaking. I believe everyone will come away from this conversation encouraged to look to God and depend on His strength as we walk out our faith journey. Enjoy my conversation with Lindsay Carlson. Yay, well, I'm so excited to catch up with you. This is so I fun. I'm excited too. For our listeners, do you want to just share a little bit about yourself and kind of who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Lindsay Carlson. And I used to live in Houston, Texas, um, so I consider myself a Texan, but um, I'm exiled right now in Baltimore, Maryland on the East Coast. I'm just kidding. But (laughs) my husband and I moved out here in 2015 for him to plant a church, and we have five kids. We have one girl that's 16, and then we have boys that are 13, 11, 9, and 4. Nice. Yeah, so we're a wild and crazy, very loud house. I bet. <laughs> and, and I'm a writer, which is very interesting because my house is so loud and I really enjoy quiet and introspection and I don't, right, to I don't really have that. Focus. <laughs> yeah. That is a fun, a fun combination yes. for sure. Yes. I bet. Yes. That's awesome though. And I know before we officially were recording, talking about homeschool and like shifting into that during this quarantine COVID season. So I'm sure that's been extra fun and busy at home. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I, I don't feel like homeschooling is like my bent. Like I feel like, you know, some people are like, Oh, I love teaching. I've, I love teaching women. I am not so much like a kid. I want to be in a classroom kind of person, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I've really enjoyed it because my kids are getting older. And so they're, you know, closer to grown up age and we can not really grown up age, but it's been (laughs) been fun. It's been fun this time around. I think having little older kids now that we're homeschooling again. Yeah. Yeah. That is super fun. And it's probably just different conversations and maybe, yeah, (laughs) a little bit different vibe for sure than when they're super little. So that's awesome. Well, I'd love to hear what your background just with the arts is so growing up and kind of what got you into different areas of the arts and just knowing you, I know you have a lot of different, you know, talent and passions and, you know, music photography and you lead worship. And yeah, I think that that translates into, I'm like super creatively ADHD. (laughs) So I, you know, I grew up, yeah, I, I like to dabble. So I, I grew up in a family that my mom was very musical and my dad was very like mathematical and, scientific. And so I definitely was more like my mom and enjoyed singing and playing the piano and doing things like that growing up. I fell into theater when I was in elementary school and really enjoyed it and felt like I was good at it. And so, you know, like as a kid, when you find something that you're good at, you're like, I want to do this all the time so I can get internet approval. So I started doing theater in elementary school and ended up doing it all through high school and then went to college intending to major in theater. And then once I got there, it was just an interesting time in my life because it kind of coincided with when I really started walking with the Lord. And Mm -hmm. in the environment at the specific school that I was at, I found it very difficult to integrate my faith 
into the arts community that I was a part of. Mm, yeah. And I know that that can be very different in different places. And I think it also had a lot to do with my own spiritual immaturity at the time. I didn't know yet how to be a strong believer in right in a world that had a lot of different um, ideas about stuff. And so anyway, I ended up changing my major in college and getting into more like communications with radio and television. And it was just kind of, again, I kind of fell into it and went, oh my goodness, I love radio. And I got to do the morning show on a radio station while I was in college. And that was just a blast. And I think I probably would have gone into probably producing like morning news or something had I not decided to take a fast track into family world. Uh (laughs) And so instead I got married between my junior and senior year of college. And then we ended up having Madeline like a year after we got married. And so, okay. Yeah. So you just jumped straight. We were not uh, anticipating starting our family so early, but the Lord had other plans. And so actually, you know, television production, that's just a world that doesn't really mix real well with stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of, I think I'd always wanted to be a mom. And so it wasn't while it was like disappointing to not use my degree, I kind of didn't mind because I was excited to stay home mm-hmm, with my daughter. Sense, yeah. yeah. And so I think that like you mentioned, the the arts that you've kind of seen me involved in were when we were at the church that you attended. Mm-hmm. My husband was the worship pastor at that time. And so yeah. I got to sing and I got to do, you know, artsy things around the church. And we, I think we did a little bit of theater there and mm-hmm. I did photography for a while while my kids were really little. But I think that, again, that was like that creative ADHD thing, just kind of being like, <laughs> yes. ooh, I bet I could do this. Or, ooh, I want to try this. You know, and it was just kind of fun to play around. Yes. And again, kind of with me falling into things theme, I fell into writing. And since I fell into writing, I think I have stuck pretty firmly And so I haven't done photography in a while. I haven't done, you know, I still sing at church, but I think I've kind of found something that is just more cohesive for the season of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would love to hear kind of what prompted you to start writing. What was kind of that first inspiration, I guess? Yeah, sure. So that's actually, it was really neat. Um, I love to see the way that the Lord kind of opens your eyes to how you can serve him. Because I know that some people, Mm -hmm. writers, I've definitely heard say, I have wanted to write a book since I was a kid, you know, and I never really had that. And I don't take it for granted that I was able to do that, but my story was just different. And so I actually remember going to a conference with some of my homeschool mom friends. This is back when my kids were probably all under like six little, little kids. And this conference, it was like a conference, I think, for homeschooling moms. The lady that was in charge of it was talking about having some kind of, I don't know, it was like a training seminar to train upcoming leaders who wanted to teach or speak or write. And I remember looking at a friend next to me and saying, oh my gosh, doesn't that sound amazing? Of course, like everybody in the room is going to want to do that. And my friend just looked at me and went, I don't want to do that. And I had this like moment where I went, wait, what? Because it just seemed to me like it's this like, you know, lottery ticket kind of thing, like where of course anybody would want to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
and not everyone no. would actually get the chance. Yeah, yeah. And, and everyone at the table was like, I don't want to do that. And so I started praying for the first time, like, Lord, have you gifted me in some specific ways that you've called me to serve you that I haven't been paying attention to because I've just been mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm a mom. That's what I do. I do mom things, you know, or like uh -huh. I sing on the praise team and I take pictures on the side or whatever. Yeah. And so I started praying about that and I ended up applying for that conference and being selected. It was like all over the country and they chose like 30 people. And wow. I got to go to this um, intensive kind of training seminar at the woman's house in Colorado and spent the whole weekend being trained by teachers and speakers and writers. And that is so cool. It was such a, a unique opportunity. And it really, I feel like, caught my attention to like consider how I really was wired and how I was gifted and what I was longing to do. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that weekend, she said, the speaker said, we want some of these, the women that are here to join our team and to be a part of this ministry. But we know that some of you that are here, the Lord has not called here for this. And mm -hmm. we want you to be faithful to go home and pray about where the Lord would use you. And if it's not with our ministry, like we believe in you and we think that the Lord will do great things, but ask the Lord if it's mm -hmm. with us. And just instantly, like in that moment, I just felt a peace in my spirit that the Lord was saying, it's not here. And mm -hmm. I love the ministry. I loved what they were doing, but it was just, I felt very at peace that that was not where God was calling me. And so yeah. we spent probably, my husband and I probably spent the next year just kind of praying about like, okay, what does the next step look like? You know, I was yeah. still a stay-at-home mom at that point. I had four kids. They were all small. I was homeschooling. My life was not easy and chill. It was pretty <laughs> crammed. And about a year later, I think after that conference, I had to have a foot surgery and I was like on bed rest for like, I don't know, it was like three months or something. It was ridiculous oh, with wow. four little kids at home. Oh, man. You know, I mean, it was just like the craziest time. And I feel like in praying during that season, the Lord just encouraged me to start somewhere. You know, like you don't have to have the whole plan. You don't have to know where you're going. You don't have to know the outcome. Just do something and use your skills or develop some skills. And so after talking with my husband, we just decided, you know, I should just start a blog because I love to teach women. I love to disciple. I love the word of God. And so mm -hmm. I can do that in my own spare time. I don't have to have large budgeted chunks of time to get right. It. You know, I can just, because with blogging, it's, you know, yeah. Short little articles, short yes. pieces. Yeah. yeah. And this was back in the day, like back in the day, so long ago um, <laughs> when blogs, it is crazy how much it really changed, has, though. it really has changed. Like, I think if I were starting today, it would, I would do it very differently. Mm -hmm. But I think back then that was when a lot of women that were at home with kids really were reading a lot of blogs. And so yeah. I started a blog, I started writing and then really like the biggest kind of, I think, moment where the Lord met me and just took off was I went to another conference. This was like a, it's called the Gospel Coalition. The Gospel Coalition has yeah. women's conferences like every other year. And okay, I didn't realize that. I, I've been to, I've actually been to every single one. I think they've had five. They're mm -hmm. just so, so good. It's like grown up summer camp, but yes, it's so it. good. But I went to um, their very first one. This was like probably eight years ago. 
And they happened to have this breakout session called like women in writing and publishing or something. And Mm -hmm. so I went, okay, yeah, I'll go to that. Again, this was a, one of those like totally a lottery ticket chance. Like there's, you know, I didn't expect to get anything out of it. And it was a ballroom. Like there were tons of people. There were probably two or 300 people there. Wow. And the, one of the editors gave this presentation and that was back when TGC was new. And so they, they were talking to the women that night about how they really needed women writers and they want Mm -hmm. women who are theologically sound to come into this space and teach because we have unique experience as believers and women. And they wanted yeah, that's neat that they were reaching out it for that and like so, wanting that. Yes, it was so amazing. And and at that time, there really weren't a lot of women voices. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up from that, they handed out their email address to the editors, which would never happen again right now. Right. <laughs> you know, and they're like, hey, if you want to submit something, submit something. I was totally scared. I legitimately walked up and asked the editor at the end of the meeting, hey, if I submit something and it's really bad, would you just tell me? Because I would much rather just know you are not a writer than, right. you know, just keep trying and trying. Just let me know yeah, so I can yes, be realistic. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, I remember he looked at me and kind of was like, yeah, we'll tell you, you know? Nice. And, yeah. <laughs> he was like, duh. And so the rest is history. I mean, I submitted an article. It ended up getting published. And I mean, I've been writing for them for eight years. And yeah. my next book that I just signed the contract for is actually like with Crossway and the Gospel Coalition. Oh, neat. Like and a kind of joint project. Yeah, they they partner on some projects. And so it's just, it's really, really been amazing to see the sovereign hand of the Lord just kind of, mm. you know, just putting me in the right place at the right time and giving me the confidence and the courage to take, you know, steps of faith when it felt really scary and I didn't feel prepared. And then him just meeting me there and and blessing the effort. Yeah, that's so encouraging and just neat to see, you know, it takes just taking that next step, you know, the next small little step yeah, one at a time. And I think a lot of times, especially now, because we can see so much with social media and I don't know, there's a lot of comparison and you kind of look at someone that's 10 years down the road, like, wow, I want to be there. But really they took that next step as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like I, you know, I pretty regularly talk to people who are kind of at the place that I was when I started that are like, you know, oh, how did you get started? Or how do you set up a blog? Or, you know, how do you do this Mm -hmm. or whatever? And, you know, I want to be encouraging and say, hey, if this is what God is calling you to do, do it. But I also, I wish that somebody back then had said to me, like, this is a long haul thing. Like this is not mm. a get rich quick thing. I mean, I'm not rich. I should also say that. Right. <laughs> I also make zero money. I mean, like this is not like do this if you want to provide for your family necessarily. Right. But I mean, I feel like sometimes we have this very uh, short-sighted view of like, if I just try really hard for three months, then it's going to blow up and it'll be amazing. And maybe, right. maybe it will, or maybe you'll. There's probably those few stories out there. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe it's backbreaking labor and the Lord's going to refine you through mm-hmm. some really hard work over several years, you know? Yeah. Just don't so know. True. Yeah. We don't know. Just being faithful. Yeah. In that next step for sure. Absolutely. That's awesome. So with, I know the Gospel Coalition, you're you know, submitting articles. And then did that lead to other open doors from there? Yeah. So I would say that, and I think this is probably how it is. And every, every like job or 
endeavor, but like, I think networking is so huge. Mm -hmm. And so I am just, I think kind of naturally a very relational person. I love meeting people and like making new friends and understanding how, you know, social groups connect to each other and stuff. Like I just, I love that. And so it's very easy for me to network. And so in the very beginning with that conference, before I even went to that actual session, I had reached out to a girl who was already writing for TGC and just said, Hey, would you be interested in grabbing coffee? And she said, sure. And so I ended up meeting up with her in that same conference and she and I, and maybe like three or four other women were at that conference kind of became friends and Mm -hmm. started a little group that at the time we called it women who write stuff. Yes. (laughs) So good. We're vague, you know, and it was like a private group on Facebook and back when people were on Facebook all the time. Uh And we just like, that's where we would ask our questions about like, Hey, has anybody ever dealt with this? Or, Hey, what should I do? This editor never got back to me or whatever it was. And just having friends that were in our space and that understood the unique problems and the things we were wrestling through was just such a gift. And I think that once we kind of got to know one another, I think doors started opening for one and then we would hold it open for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And we, I think as women, because we kind of know the, at least in our space, that it was a little bit more difficult to get in the door because there were a lot of men writing in this space at the time, but not a lot of women. And so Mm -hmm. I think that we were very careful to share and give of our resources and our connections as much as we could. Yeah, that's super special. So yeah, so I think a lot of it had to do with just really good networking. And I would say today, there was a girl that I, she lived at the time, I think she lived in like, I'm going to totally botch it, probably Tennessee or somewhere. Mm-hmm. She's going to kick me, but, <laughs> but now she lives in Massachusetts. Anyway, okay. I met her when we lived in Texas. She happened to come into Texas for some convention and we met, you know, and had coffee for like two hours. And it was like no big thing in the middle of the week. We went and had coffee. And now like eight years later, she's one of my very best friends Aww. and she's written five books and like, oh, yeah. and we've built this really great relationship. And I just like, drove to Massachusetts to hang out with her recently. Like that's incredible. It's so special because we've grown together through Mm -hmm. the road. And so like we know each other's weaknesses and we know each other's strengths and we're able to encourage each other. And so I just, I think that networking is like the yucky word. I don't love that word. Like community, I guess. Yeah. The value of community and having a connection with people. Yeah. Yeah. And really like actually not just community that's like for taking, but mm-hmm. community that's actually people that are willing to speak the truth into your life and say, Hey, I think this is how you could improve or, you know, yeah, yeah maybe that's not your best effort, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, like it's good to have friends that are honest, but that mm-hmm. are also talented and can help you. Right. And like you said, people that are in that same space as you too, yes. and being able to have someone to kind of lean on a little bit. Yes. I love that. And ask, yes. like you said, ask questions of, Yes, I think that's super helpful. I know, especially in like my dance jobs, that's been huge and having either like mentor figures that I've been able to reach out to. And then also those kind of people that are in that same stage as me, you know? Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of a bonding thing too. Yeah. yeah. And you really, I think it's so great to have people. I mean, it's the same way in like discipleship within the church, you know, like you kind of always want to have 
the older, more spiritually mature person that you're following. And then you want to have somebody that you're, you know, leading that's younger in the faith. And I feel like it's, I try to kind of do the similar thing in my writing ministry, like always having a handful of women that I look up to and think, man, I want to write like them, or I want to, you know, whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. I want to grow in these ways by watching their ministry and then always having people under that are like coming up in the works that I am pouring into and investing because it reminds me not to be selfish with my time and my resources, Mm -hmm. you know, that's super good. That's awesome. So do you get to go to a lot of conferences and stuff now where you, <laughs> well, it's not COVID now. I did. <laughs> I realized yeah. how silly that question sounds. No, like. it's, it's a good one. Everybody asks it. I mean, it's terrible. It's so, it's been so depressing. Yeah, I mean, because it was just like, you have the, I had this like list of all these conferences that I was going to get to teach at that just poofed into the air in yeah. like a month, you know? So, so like right now, yeah, no traveling, like, TGC got rescheduled. It was supposed to be in, I think it's, it was in June and they had to postpone it. So it's like been postponed to June 21. Okay. So we'll see, but like everything else, I mean, like, I feel like we're stuck in the house all Mm -hmm. the time. Totally. (laughs) Having conferences on Zoom. Yeah. Zoom conferences, which is really fun, but not quite the same. No, it's not. It's not the same. I love hearing from people. So like yes. having the access, I guess is nice. Yes, um, that's true. But I'm sure teaching is not the same on Zoom for sure. No, it's really not. I was even, I was talking to somebody the other day about just like even our women's Bible study group, you know, I mean, 12 women sitting in a room mm-hmm. versus 12 women in little tiny squares on a screen is so different. You right. miss the body language, you miss the actual hugs, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just so different yeah, I not miss being that. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully soon we'll be able to start I getting agree. back to that again. <laughs> I know I had, a, this is sort of silly, but um, I was supposed to go to a Lauren Daigle concert at the end of the summer. And I was like, Aww. but it did get have rescheduled. You, so have you seen it. her? Not in have person. She's, she's fantastic. She yeah, I'm so excited. Concert. We saw her last year. Madeline and I went and saw her. Oh, cool. Yeah. I can't wait to yeah. see her in person. I love her she's music. She's tiny. Have you, have you seen like. I've seen some pictures. Comparatively. Yeah. She came out on the stage and I was like, she looks like she's nine. Oh, wow. Okay. She's maybe I haven't tiny. seen her in that setting. Like I've seen pictures. She's but... so, so <laughs> Looks like a small child. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Hopefully it will actually happen. It's supposed to be in April now. So oh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we shall see. <laughs> We'd love to hear in the section of the time where you actually got your first book published, what that process was like, maybe some of the challenges or highlights through that season. Yeah, sure. So I think that, you know, part of, like I said, I didn't kind of grow up thinking I wanted to be a writer. I didn't, like I took communications classes. I took a lot of like journalism and things like that, but I wouldn't say that I loved like creative writing and things like that growing Mm up. And so having fallen into this, I really do think I fell into it because I love to teach the Bible and because I love to teach women and like relationally disciple women. And so writing is just something I can like do through my typing. I can type what I would say, you know, so it's like, I feel like I'm a fake writer because I mean, (laughs) I am a writer, but you know, talking is my heart language. So, uh, so I think that, you know, when, when I was in those circles of people and you mentioned earlier, the trap of comparison and how much 
you can kind of start to look around and go, well, she has this and she has this and I should have this. Mm -hmm. And that really was kind of, I would think the, the kind of low point or, or most difficult thing that I've had to navigate in this journey, because like I said, when I came to that conference and kind of made friends with that little circle of women, we were all kind of starting about the same time. And for one reason or another, you know, they started getting book contracts Mm -hmm. and they started talking to me about book contracts. And so I went from like, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll start a blog to like thinking I should have a book contract, Mm -hmm. you know, in a very short period of time. Like we're talking like over a year, year and a half. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't even like a talented writer. I mean, like I was, I had some like natural, you know, I don't know, inklings, instincts, right? but I wasn't like, I'd been training for this and I was ready and prepared. So I think that when all of my friends started getting book contracts, I started thinking, well, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what the Lord has called me to. And I had some material that was really close to my heart at the time. And several of these women in this group were like, oh, Lindsay, you have to write this book. This is going to be fantastic. Women need this. And just kind of the project started snowballing and taking on a lot of energy and momentum. Mm -hmm. And I started talking to an agent and he seemed on board with it. And so I just kind of assumed that the Lord had given me something Mm. that I had not signed a contract on. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Offered, offered, you know, and at some point along the way, I had, I was talking to this publisher, I had submitted the proposal and it hit the brakes at the very last second, like at the very last part where it goes to committee and is voted on. And I was, that's gotta be, yeah, it was crushing because I just had already gotten there in my head. Like, Oh, this is happening. Like Mm -hmm. God has given this to me, you know? And it's like embarrassing because you feel like, well, all my other friends got a book deal. Why didn't I get it? They must not like my material or is it that they don't like me? Yeah. It starts to become very personal. Yes. It became much bigger than it actually was. Mm -hmm. And it happened ironically, like right around the time that we were getting ready to move, which I look back and go, I couldn't have written a book right before I moved across the country. It was kind of a great life over. Yes, exactly. And then we got here, we got to Baltimore and like a month later found out we were pregnant with our fifth baby which was a total surprise. And so the Lord was so merciful and kind to not give me what I thought I wanted in that Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. But at the time it didn't feel like that. And I still had to walk through all the grief and disappointment of what do I do now, now that I'm here and I'm not writing on this project, what do I do? Yeah. And I feel like it probably took me a good year and a half to kind of like acclimate to like, oh, I don't, I don't really know what God is going to do in my future. And God hasn't told me to sit down and stop writing. Yeah. He's just told me no to that book at that time at that publisher. Right. And so what is my deal? And so <laughs> I, I got to a place where I think my grieving had become pouting or like poor me, you know, like yeah. just, it was no longer fruitful. Mm-hmm. And so I remember talking to my husband and saying, I feel like I'm at the place where I just need to decide to be faithful again. And I just need to get up and do something. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part is that like, I don't know where to start again. Like, I feel like I'm starting over, even though I still had all the connections and I still had, you know, email addresses of people who would publish my stuff. But like, I just didn't know how to get back on the horse, I think, just because I was embarrassed about something that most people didn't even know. Right. 
it's kind of that pride or yeah yeah and so I about that time my daughter was turning 13 or about to turn 13 mm-hmm. I guess she would have been 12 at that time and so I started thinking just to like what can I do that just gets me back you know bottom in the chair writing like which every writer will tell you like that's what writers do they put their bottom in the chair and they write uh-huh. like that's what you have to do and, and I'm so, sure that can be the hardest part sometimes. It is because it's <laughs> like you can get, yeah, you get stuck in your head with like all of the like, oh, I'm just thinking about ideas right now. I'm planning what I'm going to write or right. I'm researching. <laughs> but like to show up and start writing is the scariest part. Mm-hmm. So I told Kyle, my husband, I just need to figure out something to aim at so that I can just sit and start. And I thought, you know, Madeline's going to be 13 in like, I think it was like nine months or something. I should write her a book. And like looking back, that seems a little weird. Like what 13 year old wants to read a book from her mom, <laughs> but by grace she did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a really cool concept though. The idea of like, what do I yeah. want to impart or like, yeah. yeah. To her. And I think it was like, I grew up going to church, but I didn't, uh, I don't think I had a personal relationship with Christ or understood the gospel until I was probably in college. And so as a teenager, I was not like a happy camper because I didn't understand Christ and I didn't understand my identity in him. Mm-hmm. So my daughter has a very different experience, but I still had this overwhelming feeling of like, man, you're headed into some tumultuous years. Like yeah. if I could tell you anything, what would I want to tell you that I wish I had known? And so that was kind of the heart behind why I started writing it. I actually in the baby phases when it was being written just in my own room, it was called Before You Go and had this idea of like, you know, before you leave my house, these are the things that I want you to learn and that I want to impart to you. And then, you know, by the time that it got to the publisher, you know, and I, I actually, I didn't say that part. So like, I just decided to pitch it. Because I was like, if I'm already spending all this time writing it and stuff, like maybe it would serve somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it really, you know, I'm writing it to be faithful with my family and with my skill and to, you know, not grow weary of doing good. Mm -hmm. But if the Lord wants to use it for something else, why not see? And so I actually pulled up the email from one of the presidents of the publishing company from the rejection letter and read it. And at the bottom of the email, it said, Lindsay, we think you're a great writer and we really would love to work with you. So please, if you have any other ideas, feel free to shoot them to me. Oh yeah. I had totally forgotten that part. Uh It's so easy to hone in on the rejection. I had spent a year and a half being like, I've been rejected. And then at the bottom of this email, there's this invitation. And so I sent him the proposal and it went through. And so, and then I got to write the book a second time because the first version was like to my daughter with all these family stories, you know, uh-huh. and then the second version was like, okay, now let's talk to the general public and not yes. <laughs> tell such personal family stories. Uh-huh. So yeah. Anyway, so that, and that ended up coming out. I think she would have been, I think she turned 15 the year that it came out. So, okay. I mean, that tells you how long that process is. Yeah. Like from the beginning of writing it to when it actually hit shelves. A good few years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For sure. A labor of love. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. Just going to 
to take a brief pause from my conversation with Lindsay to chat with you guys about our special Thanksgiving episode that's coming up. And I would love to have your voice on the podcast. So if you haven't already done so, if you want to go to creativeimpactpodcast.com slash thankful, you can record a short voice recording letting me know why you are grateful for the arts. It's super quick and easy, and I would love to have you contribute your voice. Also, I love getting to share with you about companies that I believe in. One of those companies is The Root Collective. The Root Collective is on a mission to make a difference by helping to create jobs for artisans in Guatemala. They create beautiful handcrafted shoes and bags. When you do your Christmas shopping this year, I would highly recommend supporting companies like The Root Collective who are making a positive impact and operating with integrity. Check out creativeimpactpodcast.com slash RC, stands for The Root Collective, to take a look at their products and see what would work for someone on your list. The best part is that every purchase creates jobs for artisans who need them. Now back to my conversation with Lindsay. So what would you say are like a few of the key points in that first book? that you kind of, or a few themes maybe. Yeah. So, um, so the title is growing in godliness and the subtitle is a teen girl's guide to maturing in Christ. But I've had a lot of adults say, Hey, why did you say teen? Like I could read this book. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. And that really kind of was my aim not to be like sneaky, but, but if it's truth, really, it should be applicable to everyone. Right? Like, for sure. So I would say that kind of the, the main theme is just the understanding that we're all a work in progress, we're all growing. Mm-hmm. And when we come to Christ, we are in the process of being made new. And so I think sometimes we can kind of think like once we know Jesus, that it's like, oh, no, I'm a Christian. I look like Jesus. And that's really not the reality. Mm-hmm. Like really, we still struggle with a whole lot of sin. And there's a lot of things that Jesus spends a lot of years chipping away from our hearts. So true. And so, yeah. So I, the bulk of the book, I would say, is just about like, what does that look like? What does it look like to grow in Christ-likeness? And how does it look to actually give yourself over to the process of sanctification by mm-hmm. reading scripture or praying or finding a mentor or different things like that? That's so, so good. Super awesome. And I know I heard that you have a new book deal, a new contract that's going through. So yes. are you able to share with us a little bit about yes. that book? Yeah. I, so, you know, you're, it's always weird to share about books like at this part of the stage because like we've signed the contract, it's like official and everything. So it's like you're in a dating relationship, but you're not yes. married yet. Yeah. You know, so, so it could they, change. It'll probably have different yeah. iterations or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, like you pitch it on your proposal, you pitch it with a title, like it'll say working title. Uh-huh. But then you totally know, like it's going to go to a committee and it might be renamed or it might not be renamed. So, Mm -hmm. but in general, I am excited that this one is actually going to be written to women. So when I started writing, I really was writing to like women my age and, and just Christian women in general. I, I don't really see myself as someone who's like, has a heart for youth ministry specifically and always wants to stay in the like speaking to teenager space. Uh-huh. But you know, like when you have a teenager that you're talking to and it's your kid, like that's, yeah, that's where know. a lot of your thoughts are at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, but I'm very, very excited as much as I love teenagers and I love my daughter. Like I am excited to kind of go back to my roots and mm-hmm. just talk to women. And so this one is actually going to be on encouragement 
And I think that there is just so much out there in the world right now that's like labeled as encouragement and supposed to be very like self-empowering. And, and we pick up these books on the, on the shelves at Target and stuff, and we are totally discouraged by them. Mm -hmm. Or we feel like, oh, well, she doesn't understand me. Like I'm not like that. Or we somehow don't identify with it. And we think it's because we're broken and we fail to recognize that it's like, because it's not really actually godly wisdom. Mm. It's, it's being branded as godly wisdom half the time, but Uh that doesn't mean that it's actually God's word and that it's like filled with life and truth. Ooh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just looking forward to talking to women about how we recognize what encouragement actually is from scripture and what it looks like to seek biblical encouragement and to provide biblical encouragement to other um, women and our Mm -hmm. families and to just examine that more. That's awesome. I know back when we were at the same church together that you were involved a lot in women's ministry there. And that heart sounds like that heart has kind of been a thread through your story. And do you still do a lot of women's ministry things currently? And is that kind of where that comes from? Yeah. So it looks, yeah. So, and it looks a lot different. Like it's been really interesting, both having the kind of writing connection and then also mm-hmm. being a pastor's wife, because I've been able to to see a lot of other churches and the ways that they do things and the way that their women's ministers or directors do things. And I would say my women's ministry experience here in Baltimore is very different than it was when we were in Houston because Houston yeah. Bible Belt is like uh-huh. it's a production. I mean, like everything in the church world in Houston yeah. is production. And some of that is good and some of that is not so great. And, you know, it, everything has its own challenges and benefits. But where we are right now, we're in a very unchurched area. And so you do not have the same kinds of resources or opportunities mm-hmm. here. So, I mean, when you talk about women's Bible study, I mean, most women yeah. aren't going to Bible study here because their churches aren't offering women's Bible study because all the women work during the day. And so it's a very, very different Mm -hmm. culture up here. So women's ministry has looked very different, but I would say I'm probably more involved in it now than I was in Houston, just by nature, since my husband's pastor. And like, I feel more kind of personal responsibility for the women under our care, but I still love it as much, you know, like, I mean, I think I love it in both Mm -hmm. realms, but women are, are exciting to minister to wherever they are. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And it actually makes me look curious just being a pastor's wife. I imagine at some point there'll probably be a pastor's wife listening <laughs> or somebody that may be a pastor's wife at some point. Um, do you have any like words of wisdom, encouragement for other pastor's wives? For like creative pastor's wives? Yeah, or like, sure. Um, I'm trying to think. I just think that, you know, it's interesting because when I was in Houston, you know, my husband was the worship pastor and we were on a staff that had, I can't count off the top of my head, but like probably five or six pastors mm-hmm. on full-time staff. And I thought of myself as a pastor's wife, but now that I'm in Maryland and my husband is the only paid staff mm-hmm. at our church and we're a small church because we're a plant and plants in the Northeast are very different from like Bible Belt church plants. I bet. Yeah. Being a pastor's wife is very, very different than my experience was in Texas. And when I wasn't the senior pastor's wife, it's a lot more weighty of a burden um, because Mm -hmm. when he's the main dude and the buck stops there and he's shouldering all the responsibility, 
it's just, it's a, it's a lot different. Yeah. That would be heavy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I think that as far as lessons, I would say, I think I have learned that I am the pastor's wife, but I'm not the pastor. And so Mm -hmm. like letting him be responsible for the sheep that he's been put over Mm -hmm. and being okay in my position as his wife to just love and encourage him mm-hmm. and also not losing myself and my own creative pursuits. Because yeah. like, I think when we moved here, you know, it was really easy for me to be like, we're, we're very much a couple that loves to work together. We are very much a couple that fun. like, yeah. we're in ministry together and we do everything together. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so it was really easy for me to just like kind of put everything on the back burner and go like, I'm going to do everything for this church and make this work and mm-hmm. this put is everything like my in. project now. Yeah. yeah. And, and my husband has been really good about, about reminding me like, no, actually writing and being creative fills you up. Like mm-hmm. this is actually really good personally for you. So even though you're supporting and you're helping and, and you're valuable, you still need to do things that God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. And you still need to be, using your skills. And, and that has been really helpful. Cause I think that, you know, as a wife, as a mom, I think it's very easy to just go like, you know, there's all these people's needs that have to be taken care of. And I, I mean, honestly, to this day, I still kind of feel guilty mm-hmm. when I'm like, I, I have one day a week that I write and I feel, I have to fight the feelings of guilt because I feel like I'm being indulgent. Which it sounds so silly, but it's like, I think you probably, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like, if you love dancing and you're good at it, you probably also enjoy doing it at some, like sometimes, right? Uh Like, I think sometimes I have this weird, like if I'm enjoying it and I'm good at it, I must be spoiling myself. Gotcha. Or it must be selfish. Yeah. 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 And instead of seeing it as like, wow, God has made me to serve him in a way that I actually get to enjoy. Yeah, Isn't that how cool? cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just enjoying it and doing it for his pleasure uh-huh. and not feeling guilty about like the one day that I'm doing this for the Lord instead of serving my kids as a homeschool mom. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to probably get, I think for all of us to feel that not true guilt, I guess, this yeah. sort of, that guilt yeah. of like, yeah, if we're enjoying it, that it must be wrong or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And do you have like a specific, you said you have one day a week that you write. So what's kind of those rhythms that you have that make this possible with five kids? (laughs) I was going to say, I don't recommend that being the rhythm. Um, That's where we are currently. You know, I think it's looked different in different seasons. I think that, you know, when I first started writing, the rhythm was that I was, I, I always joked that I write when sleeping children permit. Mm-hmm. So like if my kids were napping, I was writing. If my kids were still sleeping and in the morning, I was writing until they woke up at like eight, you yeah. know, so I would get up and write from like six to eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because in the early days I was like posting blogs like three times a week or something. Yeah. I am not posting blogs like that anymore. Like that's just, those days are long gone. Mm-hmm. So now I would say I strategically like reserve a day a week. But it's sometimes like I'm squeezing stuff in where I can. Like Mm -hmm. if I get an hour here that I can write, I'll cram it in. Or like if there's a weekend that for some reason or another, I get to take two extra days and write, like Kyle will sometimes gift that to me and be like, you just get away, go write. And that'll be fun. But I would say I have to be really careful 
because I can like get super like hyper focused. So like if you said I could write every day, I would sit in here for like nine hours a day and just gotcha. write. Yeah. So I have to be really careful to be like, let's not change our priorities here mm-hmm. based on how much time we're spending, you know? Yeah. So that's one of the things I've appreciated about the book is it kind of gives you structure in the same way that I think that like, you know, if you're preparing for a dance recital or something, you know what you're practicing, you know, mm-hmm. when you show up, what your aim is. Yeah. I appreciate having a book that I'm working on because I'm not going like, what should I talk about today? I don't know. Like, you know, and just like pontificating on random things, you know, like it's been nice to go, I'm studying and thinking about this Mm -hmm. specific thing. So I think like if you're, if you're starting to write, that's a really maybe good discipline to begin investing in is like, what are you interested in? What do you want to know more about? And like spend some time focused on like what you're writing about or pursuing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It really helps to have boundaries. And I know people say that a lot that, you know, having sort of limits and boundaries can actually increase creativity. And I totally find that for sure for yes, even in movement, you know, it's like we give certain parameters or whatever when we're doing like improvisation and it really does help because otherwise you're like, there's the whole world available to me. Yes. Well, and I think it's like biblical too. Like I think God, God sets limits on everything. Like there are 24 Mm -hmm. hours in a day. There are seven days in a week, you know? So he, he is a God of order. And I think that like, I've noticed sometimes like if I have been writing on something and I feel like I'm stuck or I'm having like, um, uh, just, what is that? (laughs) I just lost the word. That's okay. What is it? Uh, when you can't think of something. Like a mental block or something? Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Writer's block. Yes. (laughs) When you have writer's block and can't remember the words writer's block. Yes. Um, I think when when you've had like uh, just an experience with writer's block and you're totally stuck, I think it has been the times that I have exercised self-control and walked away and gone, God, I can't do this. I need your help. Like, this is not a matter of me pushing through Mm -hmm. and like trying harder. This is a matter of me depending on your mercy you're going to need to show up. And like when I come back and sit down, it just flows so much, you know, like clearer and free, more freely. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, not because I tried to push it through. It's just because I think sometimes God wants us to walk away and and trust him. And kind of let go Um, of it a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So do you know, I know it's kind of up in the air, but do you have a end goal date of when the book might be published? Yes. Thankfully, you when you write, when you get a proposal, they tell you. Like, gotcha. When you turn it <laughs> in, this is going to, yeah, have this long. <laughs> yeah. So like my first book, I actually, I think I asked for a year to write it and they gave me six months. Okay. And I said, okay, because I really <laughs> wanted to do it. And so then this book, I think I asked for a year and then they gave me a year. Ooh. And now I'm kind of like, how do I spend a whole year? You know, I'm actually kind of like, ah, this might be really weird. So I think it's due like September a year from now, which is really exciting because that means that I get to spend like more time researching and reading and like gathering and organizing. And I'm a total dork about like that. Yeah. So information gathering. So I'm super excited nice. to have a little bit more freedom with that. But it would, I think the answer to your question, I think it will come out in, so 20, if it's due in 21, it will probably come out in 22. Okay. 2022. That sounds like another decade, doesn't it? It like, does. Or like another lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> sounds so far away. 
That's awesome though. We'll definitely keep an eye out for it. And I'll, yeah. if, hopefully this podcast will still be going and I can bring you back on. We'll exactly. Two years later, we'll catch up. Exactly. That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, definitely excited for that and can't wait. I think the topic is really timely and I think it's going to really, you know, speak, like you said, into the lives of so many women and probably even not just women, but I obviously that's what it's directed for. So excited. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your public speaking experiences. And I guess coming from kind of a theater background, that's fun. And like you said, that was sort of your heart in the first place with speaking and teaching. What does that look like for you recently? Recently, like pre-COVID or recently? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, (laughs) yeah, it's so different now. Yes. So I think that there's the regular kind of, it's, it's weird to be in a writing and speaking role when you're also in your own church kind of doing the same things because like I believe in the ministry of the local church and I don't want to take my gifts and like not serve my local church Mm -hmm. so I have spent a lot of time trying to be very careful to leave margin for serving my own local church Mm -hmm. and then also having margin to then go outside to the larger church that's outside of my state Mm -hmm. I'm pretty careful about like what we'll say yes to and what we take. I say we, I mean, my husband and I, like yeah. he, he's a really, really good dad. I mean, if you haven't already figured out, like from the other things, <laughs> like I've said, he's just a wise dude. Yeah, and he's pretty awesome. Yes. But he's also like really fantastic about taking dad duty. Like if I go out of town, oh, that's so, great. yeah. So mostly it's been like women's retreats. So I'll get to go fly in typically like pre COVID mm-hmm. and be with women on like a Friday night and a Saturday. And then I'm able to fly home and be home with our women on Sunday so that we're still like in regular oh, that's fellowship. Cool. Yeah. 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 And so that's probably one of the, in back in the very, very early days when I was at that first conference thinking about like, Oh man, everybody wants to do this. I think that's probably what I was thinking about. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily like longing for the book, but I was longing for the like, put me in a room with women who are desperate and hungry to hear the word of God and Mm -hmm. want to know Jesus. That is what I want. That's what lights me on fire. So I feel like I kind of write so that I can speak because it kind of opens up those doors. Yes. Yeah. And I, that's definitely what I have found. Like just as my book has come out or as I've been on different podcasts and stuff and people have gotten to know who I am Mm -hmm. because I'm also terrible about I said I love networking, but I don't love like building my business. Like, right? I have yeah, the not, kind of marketing. And- yeah, I mean, I I enjoy it in a like. Ideally, I enjoy it. I I know how, and I could. Were there one more of me? Yes, you know, <laughs> it's time consuming. Yeah, but like when you're getting up at whatever time to homeschool your children and like still have groceries in the fridge and you know like clean sheets on the bed, you know. <laughs> There's something's got life things, you know. So, so I've been like pretty terrible about some elements, I think, which would be those like, you know, getting on social media a lot, being real strategic. Those all kind of took a hike or like a baby ago. Uh But yeah, I think that like, it's, it's also fun to see, honestly, God open doors without me having to manipulate things. So when I say to the Lord, God, you know, the desires of my heart and you know that you have wired me to desire to teach women. And you know that you've given me this skill set and I love to teach the Bible and I love to be with women. And I have a husband that loves to 
take over for me and free me to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you make a way? And I cannot tell you how many times I have prayed that prayer and like a day later or a week later, gotten an email from someone that I don't know. That's, that is just, it feels very out of the blue. You know, they just think like, Oh, I've been meaning to call you, but it's not somebody I know. And I know it is the merciful hand of the Lord providing for my family, providing for me and strengthening me to trust the Lord. And so it, it's actually like kept me, I think, engaged in the ministry aspect of it to remember, this is not like something I'm doing just because I'm like stepping onto a theater stage because I love to perform. Mm -hmm. This is a ministry that like, yes, it's creative. Yes. I get to think of fun examples and I get to be silly while I'm on stage teaching or whatever, but, but I have to ultimately rely on the Lord to open the doors to these places to to get me there without getting coronavirus or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And to actually be heard by the women that are sitting there once I'm there, you know, for it to be received. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It all, it all depends on the Lord. And Mm -hmm. so I think that it's actually been, I think God's kindness to me that I haven't been able to be as like manipulative about the business elements of it as I would probably want to be because it's made me depend on the Lord opening those doors and, and telling me honestly, like, I think if I had more jobs, like as a demand, like, I don't know if I'd have the self-control to be like, no, 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 no. You know? Mm -hmm. So like, I just, I think he even provides what he knows that I need, you know, like if I need a a slower month, he provides me a slower month. If I need, you know, a few more jobs to cover something, Mm -hmm. he provides that too. So it's been really, really neat to see how that's just kind of been God's provision all the way around. Yeah, that's so neat. And there was another girl that was on the podcast. Her name's Jessie Winters. And she says, God is your PR man. And I love that because it's like totally. And you can see that when you look for it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, when you're going into something where you're meeting people a lot, especially like when they read your book, so they don't know you and mm-hmm. they may have read a book or they may have heard you on a podcast or something. And then you get to meet them face to face. Like I have never been more disappointed when I meet someone and they're like, just very have a huge head and they're really rude and they mm-hmm. are very self-important, you know? And I think like as ministers of the gospel, like we are called to be peacemakers and reconcilers and, you know, yes. like full of love and gentleness and kindness. And so like, I, I want that to be what shines forth when people meet me, not look how slick she is right. to, to like, you know, schmooze in the door, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't need, I, I couldn't schmooze if I wanted to I'll, <laughs> also say that. That's awesome. Yeah. But <laughs> I yeah. love it so much. Yeah. You want people to see Jesus, not you. Yes. Yes. Such good perspective to keep, you know, for anyone. And especially I guess in like a performing arts setting, that's really important. I think too when you meet those people that are just so genuine and like full of God's love and there's nothing better than that. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So when this episode airs, it'll be probably early November. So we're getting closer to like Thanksgiving. Super exciting. And by the way, it feels super awesome in Houston today. And it's coming (laughs) here. Whatever you get, we get like four (laughs) days later. So Nice. And I think this week we're getting another cold front. So we'll send it your way. Yes. Blow it on. (laughs) Like, yay, fall. I love it. So that just totally ties in, I feel like, to, you know, giving thanks in all circumstances and even in the rejection, just to tie it into our little Thanksgiving theme. Yes. (laughs) Anything you want to add on that and just the power of gratitude 
and Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think that some of the times that I have learned to be content with where I am the best have come in seasons where I felt the least amount of God's provision. So mm-hmm. just like that choice to say, okay, I know this is hard, but I'm so thankful that God gave me this person and God gave me this opportunity and God gave me, you know, this mm-hmm. list of things that if I would just pause a moment to even think about, like, it's not like I wouldn't have the pain or the grief of want, yeah. but I also remember that God is my provider who's given me so many good gifts and mm-hmm. I trust him to give me good things in the future too. And so I think that, I think it's just an intentional choice. Gratitude has always got to be mm-hmm. an intentional choice, no matter what stage of your life you're in and what stage of your creative journey or job that you're in, you're always going to have to choose to reach for gratitude. So good. Yeah. Super, super good. I love that. Do you have something that you would want to share? So I always say I'm like envisioning sitting across the coffee shop table with people um, that you would want to share with other artists, just word of, and there's already been so much wisdom and encouragement in everything that you've said, but any last thing that you want to put out there? Yeah. I think I would say that to serve Christ and to do hard things means to face hardship and difficulty and trial. So I think that if you do not go in expecting to trip and fall and expecting to have writer's block or, you know, expecting that you're going to face challenges, then you are going to grow weary of doing good and you are going to want to give up. And so ultimately, I think when we enter any creative endeavor or any endeavor of the faith at all, we have to go in depending on the Lord's strength to get us through hardship and to know that in suffering that we can depend on him and his strength, not on how strong or wonderful we can be because we're, we're not all of it. We're not all the things Uh that God is, you know? And so I just think it's, it's such a relief to go into any endeavor with the freedom to depend on the Lord and your weakness, because you are going to disappoint yourself but God is never going to disappoint you. And so um, I just think it would be to challenge people to expect that difficulty and not get thrown off track by it. Continue to run the race with faith and keep your eye on the prize. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for that. And I love to ask everyone, what is one of your favorite things right now? I'm going to tell you, but it's not a product advertisement, okay? It's really not. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay, because this is like a really weird, like, total Oprah thing, like Oprah's favorite things, okay? Nice. This is called, it's called Seshi Vitae, S-E-C-H-E, V-I-T-E, and it's Uh like nail polish, clear coat, like, top coat and base coat, but I swear to you, I got off Amazon, I think it was like $8 for the two of them together. And I can actually paint my nails and have the nail polish last like a salon. And I am not like, I'm super hard on my nails. So super impressive. So like for years, I have not painted my own fingernails because it annoys me that they chip in like a day. Right. And this stuff, I've been using it for like maybe six months. It's like Seche Vitae and Seche Clear. Crystal clear base coat, crystal clear top coat. Nice. I'm going to have to look that up. That is super cool. Yeah. Nice. So everyone check it out. You can totally edit it. Free advertising. (laughs) Or you can edit it out and never ever see the light of day. I promise. (laughs) No, I love it. That's perfect. So good. And it's fun because yeah, this is the way we find new things. Exactly. It's just sharing like that. (laughs) 
Well, Lindsay, this has been so much fun. And I would love to let people know where they can find your books and your writing and also just get in touch with you. So what is the best place to, to find you? So Facebook is always the easiest. I'm on Instagram as the Lindsay Carlson. And nice. that's only because just regular Lindsay Carlson was already taken. Uh-huh. And I have a website, lindsaycarlson.net. And then you can buy my book on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Okay. Awesome. Yay. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to connect. And I'm so excited that people will get to know who you are and, you know, see your work and get to connect in. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. There was so much goodness and wisdom from Lindsay during that conversation. I love when she said, I just need to decide to be faithful. When we practice that diligence and faithfulness in our faith and in our craft, that's where the beauty happens. You can find links to the show in the full show notes on our website. Are you interested in supporting the show and getting extra content? Check out our Patreon community. You can learn more at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next week on the show, I chat with my friend Melissa Livingston. Melissa and I are friends from college and have a blast reminiscing and talking about her journey as a dance teacher and in ministry. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Share the show with a friend, and I'll see you next week for my conversation with Melissa Livingston. Melissa Livingston.